0: What's up? Welcome to another episode of the new era podcast. I'm excited to be back. I haven't recorded in a while. So today's episode, I have an exciting guest. I have a comedian. Her name is Felicia Aleman. Sup, Felicia hello 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 how are you doing I am doing really good had a great drive out here got to smell all the cow poo it was awesome I'm I'm excited <laughs> have you um have you ever done anything like a podcast before I have done a couple but like you have a really nice setup
1: most of the ones I've done is like off of somebody's phone Oh, okay
0: <laughs> how um so I want us to go ahead and start off on how I initially met you I met you a few months ago at a, a local brewery we have its Paraiso brewery they had a comedy night and you were one of the first comedians that you started off the shows. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I loved your skin. Everything was so awesome. How did you get started with comedy?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So I've always wanted to be a comic. Like, um, I, just as long as I can remember, I can't, you know, but I was, I got pregnant when I was 17 and I got married and I did all that stuff. And so, you know, I never did anything about it until I was 46. And then I hit the stage and really what got me even to the stage then, because I really thought, oh, I'm too old for this, whatever. And, um, oh, my God, this is going to sound awful, but it's true. When my dad died, I did the eulogy at his funeral, at his service, and um, I got a couple of laughs. And Yeah, because I made a couple of jokes about my dad because my dad was just my dad and – You know, I was talking about, like, my dad used to hang glide, and he really liked, uh, you know, and everybody knew that. And he used to take us out, you know, with him hang gliding, and we'd be up in the mountains. And, um, you know, my dad was very much taught us about how to be outside and how to respect nature. And so, like, he would always take us out, and the first thing he would do is give me and my sister each a garbage bag. And we would have to go out and fill it. Really? And I was like, yeah, my dad made me and my sister the original Dora the Explorer. Just take two little mixing girls out and <laughs> set them yeah. loose in the world.
0: And you said this all at
1: the eulogy. Yeah, so I was talking about this in the eulogy. And it got some laughs. And, like, seriously, for, like, two days later, I was, like, telling my boyfriend. I All of a sudden, I'd be like, hey, you think if I would have said that one line like this, people would have laughed more. And he's, like, looking at me like, you're crazy. And I said, okay, I need to go on stage. But even when I went on stage, I thought... I'll do it once I'll get it over with and you know whatever and um I really liked it.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Do you remember your first show?
1: My first show show or yeah. my first time on stage?
0: Uh well your first time on stage. Yes. Yes, I do. How did that go? It was
1: um it was really really scary and um I got so nervous. I was talking like this like I was going to burst into tears and I'm just up there trying to make people laugh and they're just looking at me like this lady's going to cry any minute now. Um But what kept me going was when I got off stage, there were other comics there and they were like, hey, you know, you have some good material. You should keep going. And I was like, "Okay, well, I can get over that that weird voice thing. But if I can have if I have good material, maybe I really do. Yeah. You know, maybe I have something that I should follow. And so um, I pursued it uh, more. And um, after a couple of times of going out. To that particular open mic, because that's the only one I knew, which was in Sonora, because oh, okay. I live in Modesto. So I would go to Sonora and I kind of knew the person who ran it. Uh, it was Jimmy Menese. Um, but I knew Jimmy kind of like through friends and stuff. Oh, okay. And so after I went out a couple of times, he's like, well, you know, you seem to be into this. Are you interested in in like really pursuing this? And I said, yeah, I think so. He goes, well, then I'll take you out to the city to go open micing. Oh, and nice. so um, so then I started going with him. um. Actually, we didn't go to San Francisco at first. We would go to San Jose. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, for probably the first year, three to four days a week, I would hit two or three mics a night driving either to to the Bay Area or Sacramento area. Um, I would get off work. I have like an eight to five job. So I would get off work at five, jump in the car and just start driving, get home around three in the morning. Two was like to me, like two o'clock was like, oh, I'm home early. Yeah. You know, and then we'd get home like at two, three in the morning, and then I would wake up and go to work and do it all over again. Wow, um, it was, it was like total boot camp. Yeah, uh, you know, immersion. Like you just went because we. There would be sometimes where you know we were like we're not going to go all the way out here and go to one mic. Yeah, and there would be sometimes where literally, I would you know he would go on stage, then I'd go on after him, and while I was on stage, he'd go pull the car around and me, and then I would just. Jump off the stage, right out the door into the car, wow. and we'd go to the next spot.
0: Wow, that's dedication right there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was
1: crazy, but we would we would hit at least three mics a night wow. most of the time. Sometimes we get lucky. We'd but that was it was crazy. Sometimes we would hit five mics. Yeah, and we would like start in Santa Cruz and then come all the way back down to San Jose.
0: Wow, kind of do like a mini tour, pretty much. Yeah, you're just that's crazy. So that's what helped you build that confidence that you have now on stage, right?
1: Yeah yeah and and because open miking is way hard. It's open miking is actually harder than performing, I think, yeah, um when you open mic, mostly you're usually you're in a room with a bunch of other comics, yeah, and they're all on their phones. They don't care because they just want to get on stage. They got places to go. So you're just kind of talking to yourself, yeah, you know, um so it's it's kind of hard because. You know, to me, if I got even a giggle from the from other comics, I was like, yes, I'm funny. Because yeah. that really is, you know, it's really hard to make a room full of comics laugh. Yeah, that's and, very hard. You know, they're just, they're distracted. And plus, they've heard your stuff a jillion times. And, you know, it's it's, it's weird.
0: It's really hard, especially when they're all in the same um, field of work and they're trying to... Yeah. How long does it take you to, like, create a joke? Like, how, how does that process even work?
1: Um... It's different for everybody, Um, but I mean, basically for me, I get an idea and I'll write it down um, and I'll usually mic it a couple of places um, just to see how it works or whatever. Actually, though, sometimes I'll have one. And I'll go to my coworkers and I'll just like walk around from office to office. Okay, you guys gotta listen to my new two minutes, you know, yeah. and I'll do it. But um but mostly it's like I'll go on stage, I'll write it down, I'll go on stage, I'll do it. Sometimes while I'm on stage, something will come with me come to me. So then I'll kinda add on to it that way, or just kinda do it. But I mean, it's really hard. Uh you just kinda have to guess what the audience is gonna yeah. react You have to kind
0: of feel the energy of the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And so
1: um, yeah, that's that's about it. You just have to keep writing it. And I mean, I have jokes that I started telling when I first started doing comedy that yeah. I'm still working on.
0: Yeah. There's uh, one thing that I noticed. Um, well, actually, when I had seen you at the show, it was my first comedy night I had ever gone to. So um, you were the first comedian I had seen, especially as a woman. And as being Mexican, I was like, oh, dude, that's tight, you know? And I, um, I got very intrigued by how each woman had different type of energy right but we all the all the comedians based off of the audience's energy which i noticed at the recent ones i've been to that's what a lot of um, comedians do is they base off the energy of the crowd and sometimes the crowd isn't really laughing but there's for like for me it takes a lot to make me laugh you know and for me i love being live because i i get i I feel like i laugh more when I, i hear the joke live you know what i mean um but What's one of the like the best nights that you had do you remember that Wow um
1: I had a really good night at the punchline like that was um which I really liked it was just the audience anytime the audience is responsive yeah um you know there I've done rooms where nobody sits anywhere near the stage so there's like practically like a dance floor and then people those rooms are the hardest but so long as you have a a, a audience that's engaged it isn't so bad because you know you know you're getting that feedback you're looking at them you know if the audience is looking at their phones you obviously aren't saying something you know you obviously aren't getting their attention um so anytime that the audience is engaged is so fun yeah um you know sometimes you're just like Dude, you did see it said comedy on the front. Like, why are you even here? You're yeah. not paying attention. You're not happy. Yeah. You know, but it's just yeah, how I think, it
0: is. I think one thing, too, that's that's new. So um, I'm from here from Los Banos. So we've never really had anything like that here. So the brewery is fairly new. So shout out to Paraiso Brewery. I, I love that they have the comedy night because it's something. So, I mean, I always hear people complain about, oh, I wish we had things to do here. I wish there was something new to do. And um, I I first heard about the comedy night and I was like, you know what? I remember I I begged my brother to go and we went and I had such a great time, but I love the whole energy of the room. I anytime I try I go out in public, I try my best to not be on my phone just to interact because you never know who who you're going to meet. And I remember from when I had a first step into the brewery, I was like, I told my brother, you know what I want to. I have a feeling she's a comedian, which was you. And I wanna I was but I didn't know, like I thought people would, would as soon as I walked in, people would introduce me to the comedians, but I didn't know the comedians don't get introduced themselves till the show starts, right? So everyone was just vibing when we first got there. And yeah, lo and behold, you were the first one. And then I told my brother Jesse, I was like, see, I knew I knew she was the one. And then you literally sat right next to me the entire show and I was like, and I'm it depends like on know, Sometimes I'm shy, sometimes I'm outgoing, you know. And I was like, you know what, Maria, just talked to her. So then I did, and it was a pretty good, it was a pretty full house. It was pretty packed, And mm-hmm. but I'm trying to get my best to get a lot of people to go because it's a really good energy and environment, and they have food now, which is cool. Before, back in the day when I first went, they didn't have yeah. food. Now they have some pretty bomb pizza, and um, I'm excited for the shows coming up. But so right, you had first talked about how, how many shows you did when you first started. How many are you doing now?
1: Right now I'm kind of I'm pulling back a little bit. My August is going to be really busy, but I have some mental health issues that okay. I'm pretty open about, but so I kind of pulled back because that was affecting me. Um I'm still having a little bit of short-term memory problems cuz I'm trying to get my medications right. So that's that kind of pulled me back, but also um my boyfriend and I have just started producing shows. Okay. Cool. We're Felicia Felicia and Earl. Yay. Hey. Anyhow, shout out for me. Okay, but anyhow, um, <laughs> I've been kind of focusing on producing shows, and um, I've, I'm losing my job in October. They told us in, like, I want to say April or May, they told us that they were shutting down the company, and in October, we're all out of jobs. Oh, wow. So, um, because of that, my boyfriend and I are like, okay, we need to get money. We need to do this. Because my boyfriend is a musician. I'm a comic, so we are like, we we were going to do this. This was our plan. Yeah. It just got really accelerated. Yeah. Um, But it's been working out great, but... Um, I really when I was when I perform when I'm really going out there I like to have a show you know every Saturday and Friday if I can oh, that's awesome um you know and usually I can do it if I'm out there really hustling
0: yeah
1: um you know but right now I'm happy taking taking a little bit of step back um because between work stress and then just putting on shows and learning all that because it is a whole new yeah. a whole it, you know um my boyfriend and I had done shows before because he's a musician and he's been doing this a lot longer than I have. I would, you know, do shows with him. Um, but we, were, we weren't we were really looking at it. It was just something like for the community, something yeah. for our friends. Yeah. You know, but now that we're doing it seriously, there's a lot more involved. And, yeah. um, you know, so that's now that I'm learning that down and we're pretty much getting it down to a science now where we can we know how to run the room. We know how to get butts in the chairs. And, yeah. and so now it's a lot easier.
0: That's awesome. The one thing that you touch base on, if you don't mind, is like you talked about mental health and that's one thing that's very important to me because um, I'm a very positive person. I uplift everyone and I love being that person for people, you know, but there are some times where I'm not okay and I don't take care of myself, you know, and there's like, we were talking about earlier, you know, like we have, we have our goals and, and what we want to accomplish, but then we also have to deal with life every day, you know, and, and that's very hard for um, just for, for one person to deal with, you know, and, And I wanted to ask you, has comedy helped you through that?
1: I think so, because it gives me a reason to get up. It gives me a reason to go out. You know, like, I'll be feeling pretty down, but I look at my calendar and it's like, hey, dude, you got a podcast on Friday. You got a gig on Saturday. Um, You know, you got a show next week. And, you know, this. And so it gives me a reason. And um, I kind of liked while I was in my little bit of a lull producing shows because I can do a lot of work and I don't have to get out of my house. Yeah. You know, cause I can, of uh, you know, do invites on Facebook and create events and, yeah. you know, making contact that way. So mm. that helped, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a little What's, tough sometimes.
0: It, it's, it is tough. It's, um, but it's, it's great to keep busy. That's one thing too. I had, um, this was actually my, one of my first shows, one of my first podcasts, um, and like about a few weeks because I had to take some time off. I was just like, you know what? Um, you have to take care of yourself before you try and, you know, do things for yourself, you know. And I I had initially, I, I, I'm very private about the things I deal with. I'm very public of helping people out. I'm always up for that. But when it comes down to putting my, like, I don't like telling people I'm not okay, you know, because people look for, for positive affirmations from me, right? So um, the other day I finally told people, hey, you know what? Sorry I haven't uploaded it's I'm going through things right now and I I was so beyond amazed the amount of responses I got with positive feedback and people giving me so much positive like quotes and things that I needed to hear and they said take your time we're here to support you and those little things went a long way with me and I was just like so grateful and then um and then you had emailed me and I was like this is perfect cuz Our schedule scheduling was so hard because we were we're all so busy, and I'm just so glad we're able to record. But um, what's one tip that you would give someone that wants to do comedy but doesn't really know that doesn't have the confidence to get started? What's one tip you would give them?
1: Um, Don't be don't uh, don't be afraid. You uh, comics go up on stage, and I can tell you something: comics are some of the most depressing people to be around. (laughs) Like yeah. I mean, I've gone out on tour with comics, and I've got out on tour with musicians. Musicians are like laughing and joking, and and like of course we complain because we're stuck in a car and it's you know yeah. uncomfortable or whatever. But 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 comics are just kind of like meh, meh, I don't know. I just always think that comics are less fun to travel with than musicians, yeah. and I shouldn't even say that because I want to go out on the road again. But yeah, but no, it is it it's um, don't, but don't um. Overthink it. Don't overthink it. Just go and do it. I mean, there's so many. Like right now in Modesto, there are a lot of open mics going. Um, even in pa- we, there's one in Patterson. Yeah. Like seriously, if there's somebody from Los Banos, you guys need to check out Jeff Moreno Jr. at Francesca's. Um, it's only a monthly open mic. I have a monthly open mic in Modesto. Um, and Jimmy Manes has an open mic at the Clarion.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we just got an open mic that's starting in Stockton. Oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: Um, so. And before, you would have to drive to San Francisco. You'd have yeah. to drive to Sacramento. So for us to have four open mics in the 209, even though they're not every week, is amazing. But just go out and do it. And I think
0: just step the – like, don't be scared. Yeah. And just go full Yeah, course. like,
1: um, believe me, none of us have confidence. Um, I think the best comics probably don't have confidence. That's how you get better because you're constantly like, oh, that set was awful. And you're constantly fixing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you will be among your people if you are, if, if you want to be in comedy, yeah. you you should just go for it and, and see what happens because it's it's worth it. And just do it even if you go one time yeah. and never do it again. At least you can say you tried. At least you can know, hey, that wasn't for me, you yeah. know, but it's better to just do it and get it over with than to sit there the whole time going, man, I wish I could have done that or I should have done that, Yeah, you know, and. Like I said, two nine has so many opportunities that, you know, we did not have
0: before. Before, yeah. yeah. So I mean it's out there. Like if that's why I had um I actually don't have that many friends that want to do comedy, or at least they haven't told me. But you no. know, I know for me I I hold a lot of th- goals in I don't let people know until I actually do it because I'd rather do it and show people that I'm actually doing it me. than talk about it, right? So yeah. um so that's exciting. So there's I always do by research too. Even with um, like with podcasting, I had no idea how to even go about it. But I did like hours and hours and hours of research. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just went. I just put one one foot forward and just started going with it, you know. But um, what's what like where do, where do you want comedy to take you?
1: Um, you know, now that I've been doing it for a while, I, well, I guess maybe I I really love producing shows. I perform. I usually host my shows, um, but. I just want to be a working comic. Um, There's a lot of people that are out there performing or whatever, but they're just not, you you know, it takes a lot of performing before you get to the point where you're making money. And that's what I want to do is I want to be able to put on shows or perform or both. But I just want to be able to live off of it. I've worked in offices since I was 18 and I'm, okay, I'm way older than 18 now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like almost 50 now. And so I'm like... You know, I'm done. And now that my company is closing, I don't want to go back to a regular job. And um, I am in a pretty unique position that I don't need to go back and make as much money as I was making working in an office. Yeah. So I want to, I want to just be able to go. And I, I want to tour. I mean, um, my boyfriend and I kind of have this fantasy where we would just get in the car with the band and a couple of comics and be able to do shows that way, you know one night we're doing music shows another night we're doing comedy shows or we're combining the the two. Um, combining music and comedy is kind of hard, at least the experiences I've had. But, um, yeah, that's what I really want to do is I just want to be able to work and make a living at it. And yeah. it's it's really, really, really hard. It takes a lot of work because that's yeah. – but, you know, um, I think I'm getting there.
0: Yeah, that's one thing um, I noticed or oh, just with any field. Like, you have to put in a lot of free hours. Like, you have to invest a lot of money and – be you know somewhat broke for a while and even like you but you do have to invest in yourself like one thing i um a few years ago i did actually no what last year my bad my memory is really bad i have really bad memory so i'm trying to get better with it but i did um wh- i invested in myself for the first time ever last year right and that sounds crazy because i'm n- i never really you know i don't know like i'd rather I'm a very simple person. I don't need to get, like, designer or anything. I'm just... So, with that being said, I don't really spend, like, that much money on myself. So, for the first time last year, uh, one of my friends... She was actually one of my mentors, you know? And um, she would always tell me, you know what? She's she's really successful in her career and where she's at now. And we're from the same town. So, it was... um, For the longest time, I always... I always knew I wanted something more, you know, I wanted to grow from this town and everything, which I love is so small mm-hmm. and it's growing so much, you know, but I always knew I, I wanted to reach more than just Los Vegas. I wanted to reach all different areas and, and now I have supporters from different and areas. And now you have this podcast. Right. And yeah. So it's, but I wouldn't, I literally wouldn't have been here if I didn't invest in myself. Like the, what I had invested in myself was the best thing that I ever did. And now I'm, meeting new people and I'm trying more new things and um and it's one thing I'm very um very intrigued on is I don't know if you know much of uh of it but it's, it's called the law of attraction have you ever heard about that oh yeah
1: what where you, you kind of say things and bring them in they're supposed to come to you and yeah, things what like do you that.
0: Think about that
1: you know I think there's a lot to that actually um I think that if you are thinking positive thoughts, positive things come to you, because I know this, this is going to sound stupid or whatever, but like when I was having mental health problems, I was not putting myself out there. and I felt like I was just kind of blocking myself off from the universe. And as I got myself back better, um, I felt myself opening up and like Seriously, like the day after I was like feeling and I I kind of took that deep breath and I go, OK, I think this spell is over. Like, I think I'm better now. I'm not kidding you. I got booked like three or four shows within the next week. Yeah. And so I think there is something to it. And even if it's not the universe And I mean, because it's really hard to believe that the God, you know, that the universe gives it to you. But I think that it keeps you centered. Yeah. The law of attraction to me is more of a way of keeping you centered. Like, I know that this is what I want. I'm thinking about this every day. I, yeah. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, my diet or, you know, learning about this. And and that's what I think keeps you focused is just that thinking about it every day. So if it takes you writing it down, you know, 100 times a day or whatever, or, or whatever method you do it, but so long, it, you just need that focus. Yeah. I mean, I wake up every morning and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to promote shows? And I'm going to my regular job. Yeah. But in my head, I'm still like, okay, well, we got this show coming up and this show. And I, I got to ask Earl to make this poster. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's just one of those things. Like, if you're thinking about it, you're going to be working on it. Right. You know, what do you forget? You forget the garbage because your mom te- you know your mom tells you to take the garbage out. You forget about it because you don't care about it. You're not yeah. thinking about it. But if your mom says... Hey, at four thirty, somebody's going to be here to give you a hundred bucks. You're going to be thinking about it. You're going to be there at four thirty. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's that kind of thing. I, I think it just it's it's you doing the work, yeah. and that just and I That's mean, you true. can you can think of it as a gift from the universe. But yeah. I mean, I really had to stop thinking of it as a gift from the universe because I think if you start thinking of it as the gift from the universe, you start kind of sitting back and not doing the work it takes to yeah, get stuff done. You
0: definitely have to put in the yeah, work. yeah, because you know, the work. It's um, one thing that that I. Which growing up is really my life was very much like I had both my parents and my mother my dad is very um very hard worker he was very independent and um I never I was never raised to like um I was never raised as a spoiled person I was just raised as all right you want something you have to earn it right but um, at the same time I never really felt the like the motivation to like grind hard, cause I never grew up with anything missing missing in my life. Like not, to, and I say that in the most humbling way, you know. Yeah. I had um, I ama- I have amazing parents. I have great siblings, and I, I knew, I knew how hard it was to earn a dollar, cause my dad always instilled that in in us. It was okay, you know. Um, for twenty bucks, he had. So my dad has a trucking business, so I would have to wash a whole semi truck the trailer the 53 foot trailer oh, and the whole truck. oh damn and then on top of that um that was 20 bucks and then on top of that I had to wait 2 weeks cuz he said in a real job I have to you wait to 2 wait. weeks to get paid so then um that definitely humbled me and um it definitely got me to it, t- it took me such a long time to be able to think all right Maria this is what you want to do in life you have to be able to invent. I have a 9 to 5 too right Monday through Friday I have my 9 to 5 but the podcast is what i'm down to do whatever time so my availability is like all right i get out at five monday through friday i'm down to record at 5 15 you know like i'm there's there's not one thing i'm not willing to do and bend over backwards for my dreams because i do want to i do want to be consistent with the podcast and have you know be all over the world you know um but i love i've always had this love for comedy i i um one thing that uh, from school, I had one um, class clown one year and I was so hyped. I was like, yeah, I got class clown. But it was something like I never I was never trying to be funny. I don't know if this happened to you growing up, but um, I was just unfortunately, I would always get kicked out of class. I was always that kid, but I didn't understand why, you know, and I had met my first comedian and I was working a few years ago at, in Morgan Hill. And I had to, I was a driver, right? So I had to drive this person all the way to San Jose. And so it was a long drive. So I was like, oh, so what do you do for a living? And he was like, oh, I'm a comedian. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I had never met a comedian in, in real life. So I was like, well, wait, what do you mean? And and um, he just made up a joke right then and there. And I was like, how do you do that? Like, I was so intrigued because it's not, like, if like you're you've been doing it for a while. So you know how to, put a joke together and how to you know what works for you right Right. so it's like when you hear a joke from from a comedian how like do you believe like what they say or how much of it do you believe is real that's my real question
1: you know what there is to me and this is just totally for anybody it doesn't even have to be a comedian there's no such thing as a joke everything is real yeah you know if somebody comes up and says you know you know, your ass is so big, I could, you know, show show driving movies off of it or something like yeah. that. Okay, you know what? They're joking, but at the same time, okay, I get it. I got a big ass, whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's always there's always truth to the joke. So I just take it for what it is. I mean, most comics either try to make themselves the hero or the villain in their stories. So yeah. So, you know, um god, I'm trying to think of a clean joke that I have of something that really happened.
0: You Um, can do dirty jokes. I can do
1: dirty jokes. Okay, so I have this one joke. Uh, (laughs) This actually really happened, though. And this is actually word (laughs) for word what happened is um, my daughter was being, my daughter was like 13, 14 years old. And she was being a pain in the ass. And I was just trying to get her to help me clean up the house. And she just kept going, I'm going to run away from home. I'm going to run away from home. And uh, finally I got sick of her and told her, okay, fine. I hope you like sucking dicks. Oh, my God. And, um. You know, that's, that, and I tell, I, I tell that whole story on stage and people think it's funny and they're like, you didn't do it. And I go, that story was absolutely hundred percent true. Yeah. My daughter was like a crazy kid and you know, she was not one of those stand you in the corner yeah, kids. Yeah. She was not the spanker grounder kind of kid. Yeah. Like I had to get in her face and just smack her with reality. Yeah, And, um, you know, so that's, that's what that is. But like, yeah. You know, I tell stories about um, just stuff going on in my life. My boyfriend is on a diet and I am not. My boyfriend has lost like gobs of weight and which is great. Yeah. But I'm not into that right now. That's not where my focus is. And so people will come up to him and they'll be like, oh, oh, my God, Earl, you look so great. And then they'll be like looking at me and they'll feel like they'll get all awkward and they'll be like, oh, Felicia, you're got new chapstick on. That looks nice. (laughs) Yeah. But that's, you know, that's kind of the, the truth. Yeah. The truth of if it is that, yeah, people do come up. Nobody's ever actually come up and said, hey, you yeah. l- wear a nice chapstick. But, you know, every every joke has to come from, from reality or else it's not funny. That's, what, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's why I see a lot of younger comics and um, they don't have a lot of life experience. Yeah. And so they don't have a, a good grounding from their jokes. Their jokes... I can just tell that they're made up. Yeah. You know what I mean like no you did not go into the 711 with a dude standing next to a dude who was naked. Sorry. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean or whatever outrageous thing. And so um you know every every good joke has to come from reality.
0: Yeah, there's um there's this one comedian. She her name's is Lonnie Love. She's she comes out on the show The Real. I don't know if you watch it. But um she's been doing comedy for a while but you know, she always... So she's the only comedian on the panel, right? Because it's a talk show, so... Mm-hmm. um, And she always comes up with some exaggerated stories. And I'm like, Lonnie, you're, you're lying. Stop it, you know? <laughs> and, like, I'll go in the comments on, like, because they'll post it on YouTube. And all the uh, comments are like, okay, we all know Lonnie's lying. But um, you could tell it's just exaggerated. And you could tell when, it, when a story is true. And you could tell when it's, like, you know, made up. And uh, that's one thing that... Um, I noticed too with, uh, for example, like Kevin Hart and stuff like that. He, his are very much like exaggerated, but t- to some truth to it. You know? And
1: and that's where you start. Like I, every pretty much every writing tip that I've ever gotten, I've gone to a couple of seminars. They're always like, take who you are and exaggerate it.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, if you're forgetful, you're like borderline stupid. You know what I yeah. mean? If if you are always late. You know, you're really late. You know, even if you're always five minutes late, you know, in comedy, you're an hour, two hours late. You know what I mean? Everything has to be exaggerated or else it's not funny. It's like, you know, it it just it isn't there. And that's but you have to find the right things to exaggerate. Like like you were saying about not knowing being funny. Sometimes I say things and I don't realize I'm being funny. Like even today at work, I was in a meeting and um, I work in a clothing company. And they were talking about some styles, and I said, "Yeah, we've been dragging that carcass of a jacket around for mu- for years. We need yeah. to get rid of it. Nobody's buying it." And the other people started laughing, and I was like, "What?" And they're like, "Carcass of a jacket." And I go, yeah. "I go. Oh, I'm sorry. It was just. It's a dead. It's a dead style. Yeah, like I don't yeah. know why we have it." And but you know, I just things just come out like that.
0: Yeah. Do you ever have like what's your favorite kind of joke to to talk about? Like, or do you have different topics that you like to talk about, or is it a particular one?
1: Um. Right now, I, I'm kind of changing. Um, I'm working harder on clean, cleaner material, but I talk mostly about myself because, you know, I'm self-centered. But I talk yeah. about being a bad grandma, talk about being a bad parent, about being a bad girlfriend, about being, <laughs> it just yeah. you know. But um, again, it's just one of those things like when you talk about, I don't have enough confidence to get on stage hey, if you don't have confidence, go on stage and talk badly about yourself. You get, like, double the punishment. Yeah. It's You know, I mean, because yeah. honestly, that's what it feels like sometimes. It's like, not only did I just spend five minutes talking badly about myself, but no one laughed, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is just the, the nature of what you're doing. But How do you
0: deal – okay, so how do you deal with, like, a bad crowd? Like, how do you – like, let's just say you're up on the stage and there's a bad crowd. How do you deal with it at that moment?
1: Um, I try to get their attention. Um, people can't see me, but I wear crazy dresses. I I always wear fifty style dresses, and there I always try to get crazy prints. They're awesome though, I oh, love thanks. the
0: dresses you
1: wear. Thank you. But um, when I go up, I get their attention by cussing. Um, oh, okay. I tell I tell the joke like if I go up and there's a crowd that is not paying attention or at anything, and then they see me go up there. And if they're a bad crowd, a lot of times they, they see me go up there and they're like, yeah, this school teacher. No, I don't think so. And they yeah. get even crazy. you know, they'll just pay less attention and get more into their own conversations. So I use the method of, um, uh, telling that joke about, uh, I hope you like sucking dicks and you say dick loud enough on a, on a microphone and everyone turns around to look. Yeah. <laughs> and so that is my method. I wish I had a better method and I'm working on that, yeah. but you know, um, what i try to do is get the the audience to pay attention to me yeah then once i get them to pay attention to me it's my job to keep them there yeah. but um you know even like i host shows and sometimes the you know the the tradition or whatever is the host goes up and does 10 or 15 minutes and then they bring on the next comic and then they you know go in between the comics and so on but there have been times where i go up and the, and the crowd is so rowdy i don't even try to do a set I just go up and I'm kind of like the teacher, like, okay, everybody, we're having a comedy show. How do we act at a comedy show? You know, and and that's what I do. I mean, it just kind of depends on the situation. But really, the biggest thing is you have to learn to control the crowd. Because, you know, I have seen uh, comics get heckled and they go at the person, at the heckler the wrong way. And it gets violent. It gets, you know, not, it gets rowdy. And, you know, yelly and screamy and stuff where if you know they could if they had approached it maybe a different way, it yeah, wouldn't have so
0: I think that happened the last time I know you you weren't performing at this one, but it was the most recent one I went to um at the comedy night and it was I don't know his name, so and I wouldn't even say his name if I knew it, but his his set was really bad and um, and I try my best one thing that i i I'm trying to do is. Okay, even though I don't get it, I try and pay, pay attention to be able to get it, you know? Yeah. So I'm not going to pull out my phone just to be, like, you know, on Instagram and ignoring the person I'm trying to pay attention to. So his joke was so bad to the point where he called out, um, he started talking about, like, racist jokes, right? And he called oh. out um, a few of the black people in the room, and it did not go well. Luckily, everything was fine, but it was just his... his Jokes were so bad that everyone's like, dude, what do you, what are you doing? Like, and he just kept on going, getting worse and worse and worse. And, um, I was like, oh my god, I was cringing. And I just, it was just kind of awkward. No, it was really awkward. So <laughs> I was like, dang, like, and that's when I started thinking, I was like, okay, like, at what point does the comedian know, all right, you know what, I gotta set things up because of the crowd, or I gotta do something different because of how the crowd's reacting to a certain joke, or it's really
1: experience because a lot of times what happens is like if you're a new comic, like to get 10 minutes when you're a new comic is like having a baby that you've been in labor with for a year. Wow. I mean, it's 10 minutes is just like it's the first five minutes even are incredibly hard. Yeah. And so when you're a new comic and you go on stage and you are just eating shit. Yeah. If you're a newer comic, a lot of times there's nothing you can do because yeah. you don't have the material.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, um, I'm finally getting to the point, finally, after almost three years, where I have enough material where if I read the crowd, oh, I'm getting too dirty, this this crowd is too clean, I'm going to switch it up, or I'm getting too clean, you know, this crowd could, this crowd could use a good dick joke, yeah. you know, whatever, then I can switch it up. Um, I think what happens a lot of times, because I know what happened to me, is you go into a crowd... And you're already, you're still nervous. You barely have enough time to fill your, your set anyways. And now somebody's yelling at you and you're so scared you can't think of anything, yeah. you know. And, and it makes it awkward. and it makes it hard. And that, I think, what is what leads to those those kind of moments that you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um. I know some, I know I've seen comics before who go up and are just bombing. And they'll be like, you know, you guys are the stupidest audience I've ever seen. And I can't believe you don't get that joke. That was funny. It's like, nah, dude um you're kind of not funny
0: yeah <laughs> so yeah no It. i mean the one thing i noticed too the different um styles is one comedian uh i think it was when you when i had met you it was um one comedian that would kind of just um joke with each one at the tables if that makes sense so right she the, was, bre- the brewery was kind of small so she was interacting with each one of the table which i liked that concept but it was kind of different I, than what i had seen before So um, I thought that was pretty cool, like where they kind of joke around with each person from a table, Mm -hmm. depending on the vibe and things like that, which was pretty funny. Because that day, my um, I have physical therapy because I had surgery, so my therapist was in the room, and it was so funny because that earlier that day, she was like, "Oh, are you gonna do anything today?" I was like, "No, I'm not gonna do nothing. I'm just gonna you know be at home." And then I run into her at the (laughs) brewery, right? And then I was like, and it was uh, it was so funny because. Uh, she was the one getting uh, joked on with the most dirtiest jokes. And then I had to see her, like that Monday at, at physical therapy. <laughs> and it was so awkward. And then she was like, oh, so how about comedy night? Huh? And I was like, oh, it was pretty fun, you know. And But it was so different because I hadn't. One, I, was, I lied to her and I said I wasn't going to do nothing, And mm-hmm. then she sees me and then she gets clowned on the whole night, mo- most of the night. Um, and it was pretty funny. But what's the average time people get like when you when you do open mic? Like what's. How many times do comedians get?
1: When when you open mic, you do 5 minutes. Um usually you won't get booked on a show without 10.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um but sometimes on a show you'll do maybe 7 to 8. It just depends on who's how the show is being set up or anything like that. But I mean and even micing, if you don't have five minutes, if you want to try it out and you have two or three minutes or just have even like one or two stories, you can go out and do it. No yeah. one's going to bother you. I mean, it's just going to it's just going to be a matter if you're not going to get booked for shows. But yeah, but yeah like five minutes is, is the standard open mic time. And then 10 minutes is the standard for getting you as like an opener or getting you onto a a showcase.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. I've always wondered how how much time people get, because when I the shows I want to, I never really pay attention to the time. And I just hear the com- uh, comics say, oh, I only got a couple minutes after. And I'm like, oh, wait, how long do people get? So you get yeah. that amount of time depending on the venue too, right? Yeah, so, it depends
1: on yeah how many people are on the show and what they're what, doing.
0: What happens when you go over your time?
1: Um, I, you probably didn't see this, but what happens is when, when you uh, when you go up, usually they'll tell you, okay, um, you get five and I'm going to light you a four. So at four minutes, you'll get a light. Um, somebody will usually the host will wave their cell phone at you. Oh, okay. So that's why a lot of times you kind of see like a little secret wink or a little secret oh, nod. Okay, that's okay. the that's the uh, performer acknowledging that they see the light. If you run the light, um, you will see a very angry host or somebody like shaking their phone, running. Oh, okay. um, if there's a DJ, sometimes they'll put the music on. They'll just start playing music over oh, you. Wow. Um, uh, God, what have I seen? I haven't seen really really bad running in the lights because a lot of times too if you're doing well like they'll say okay do you know go up and do seven but if you're doing really well and the crowd's into it they'll let you keep going yeah you know so it's just up to you but yeah mostly but if you are like a very 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 if you're really a bad offender of running the lights uh, people just aren't going to book you yeah you know they're you're not respecting the room you're not respecting the other performers because sometimes you know depending on the venues they have very strict times, times yeah. that they can have live performances so like you know that show has to be over at 10 or whatever and if you're running the light you're taking everybody you know taking somebody else's time
0: yeah and so you know that's just res- pretty much basically respected time on yeah um that's that's crazy i didn't know that much went into it, like as far as times and i i thought you guys just assumed your time was up or uh, so someone's letting you guys know hey you know what this is how much time yeah. you got left. It's time to.
1: Well, there are some comics who have their stuff timed to the second, and really? oh yeah, I know. I've I've seen a few of them work where, if you tell them to do ten minutes, they will do ten minutes. Like you don't, you could t- set. You know, like I've timed them, yeah, and they do ten minutes exactly that's without crazy. anybody li- lighting them.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Um, but yeah, it's it it's not very many. I've seen a couple of them do it.
0: What's um. What are some other comedians that you look up to?
1: Local or, like, national kind any, of? Any any of them. Oh, God. Let's see. Who would I say? Um, Here in the 209, there are a lot of really great comedians. I mean, right now, I'd have to say, like, one of the best comedians going on, you know, doing stuff out there is Anthony Kay. He's from Modesto. He is the first local comedian who is going to be performing at the Gallo Center, oh, nice. which I think is awesome. Um, And... Anthony K. is part of the Deaf Puppies, and the Deaf Puppies are a bunch of comics. There's like eight of them. And uh, they just put on shows, and they're just friends. Um, They just made up the name, you know, to have it. But, I mean, they're all really great. Jimmy um, puts on shows, and he was my mentor. He's the person who took me out micing the first year, and we still do shows together, and we still go out micing together. Um, I love Rhoda Ramone. She's from Lodi. Um, She's one of my favorites, too. Um, Pretty much all... I think the 209 has some amazing comics. Like I, I run a, an open mic once a month and honestly, you know, we get some comics, so many good comics out there that I'm like, I haven't been to showcases that are as good as this open mic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's been a couple of times where I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, we just have really great comics and um, I'm just glad that there's so many shows, so many more shows coming out and mics and stuff to get people going. Cause yeah. it's just, it's there.
0: That's, that's awesome too, that um, there's so much local, um talent because i i think it's crazy to to know that um you know we all come from small areas and you know the 209 isn't that big and you know it's um i love seeing people like follow their dreams like i honestly i get so happy when i see people do that because it's one thing like working your nine-to-five but then it's like it's another thing when you see people that are locals and you just support them like anyone anytime i know someone from the 209 and they're doing their thing i'm like yes you know because I get oh, so yeah. hyped, you know, and um I want to go to one of your open mic nights. I just want to like see how the like the crowd is cuz I, I just started going to like this recent um, uh, show, the comedy show. I think it was last month. I just went by myself cuz no one wanted to go. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go by myself mm-hmm. cuz no one wants to go, but I do want to encourage more people, especially here in Los Baños, to to go to the brewery and go to comedy night and not only there but just support local businesses cuz I'm very big on, on supporting local businesses I think um, it like if we want change we have to be a part of that change like I don't know if this happens uh, on your uh, Facebook or anything but on mine I see a bunch of people complain about how it'd be cool if uh, this town had this it'd be cool if th- um, this would have been done or this building would have been built or this restaurant would be here but I never see any of those people supporting local businesses you know so, that's one thing I want to encourage more people to do is like support local businesses. Go to the brewery. The brewery has a bunch of cool stuff. I know they have paint night. I don't know how often, but
1: they have trivia night. They too. have trivia night yeah. too.
0: Um, and this isn't uh an ad or anything, but I'm just saying, just because I think it's a cool energy. Um, they have awesome beer. The pizza's bomb. And then every third Saturday of each month, they have comedy night, which is which you're gonna be performing. How many more shows do you have coming up? For do you have any more for July or is it? Um. Let's see. I'll
1: have to look at my calendar. I know I have July 27th coming up. That's when you know your book. When you kind got to look at your calendar, you're like, all right, let's see how much. So uh, let's see. So Saturday I will be at Paraiso And I'm really excited to be at Paraiso because I have to tell you, I was the first comic that Pablo brought up on stage at Paraiso on the old stage. Now Paraiso just opened up. They're bigger now. They have a bigger stage. And I'm going to be the first person on that
0: stage, too. That's awesome. yeah they just um one thing too I, I just forgot to mention they just renovated it so they made it bigger mm-hmm. back when they first opened they didn't have any food now they have pizza they have a bunch of little snacks and stuff so um it's a lot bigger bigger stage um and such great energy the beer's bomb so um stop by and then what other you perform more locally yeah. too right
1: I will be in Rancho Cordova at Monty's Lounge on the 22nd which is Sunday I will be on the 28th. I have a show at St. Stan's Brewery in Modesto. Um, let's see, on July 2nd, I am in Sacramento. Let's see, where else am I at? On August 4th, I'm going to be in Turlock doing the Burlesque, uh, the Boom Boom Babies Burlesque show at Grizzly Rock.
0: Let's see, what is this? And then all that pretty much they could find it on your Facebook too. Yeah,
1: follow me at Felicia Alemán Comedy. Felicia is F E L I C I A. And Alemán, come on. Alemán, you got it. And comedy. And then um, for Alicia Presents is F E A R L I S H A. It's Felicia and Earl combined. Uh, but we had to change the spelling a little bit to make it pronounced. But that's um that's a production because I also do music shows with my boyfriend. So uh, we have an open mic, uh, a blues. It's a blues jam open mic on the 25th of this month at St. Stan's Brewing, Brewing in Modesto. That's
0: awesome. And
1: that's awesome. It's, there's no charge. You can come and just listen to the music or you can bring an instrument and play along. It's a lot of fun.
0: That's pretty interesting. And one thing you had mentioned about is like, you're always in your dresses. Like, so how did you have you always been into these dresses and, and this style pretty much?
1: No. What happened was I kind of thought about wanting to dress like this, but I'm a big girl and I did not think that, yeah. you know, because like I like they're basically vintage dresses and vintage dresses do not fit girls my size, you know. Mm. So, um, but then I found a, a site that had a website that had plus size vintage clothes and I did this thing where basically. Uh, they have like a clearance sale. Oh,
0: nice!
1: And what you do is you send in twenty bucks, and they send you what, and you just tell them twenty bucks and your size, and then they send you something you don't get to choose. And I got a couple of like retro vintage dresses, and I was like, oh my god! And now I'm totally hooked. I am on like three or four Facebook groups that sell used dresses. So, wow, that's um, cool. Because. These vintage rep- reproduction dresses are really expensive, yeah. Especially if you're a bigger girl, and so I get on these websites and I can buy like hundred dollar dresses for twenty bucks or forty bucks, yeah. Because I can't afford it otherwise. That's, that's probably my cool. biggest effect.
0: That's a that's a part of your style though. Like I think it just yeah, it's about your just the energy that you bring. You know, that's and one thing that that that's pretty interesting is like okay, so you're also Mexican, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. So what part of Mexico are you originally from?
1: Uh, my grandparents were from Mexico and both sides of my family from Guadalajara. Oh,
0: nice.
1: In fact, I have double cousins because cousins, you know, my dad's cousins married my mom's cousins yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. So I have like double cousins or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. no, I have those too. You cousins. have them too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. So yeah, my, but um, yeah, they're from from Guadalajara. Guadalajara.
0: Have you been out there lately? Or? I have
1: never, ever been to Mexico in my life. No, that's crazy. No, no. um. Yeah, my mom had different views back then because um, my parents grew up in Woodlake, which is like way, way down in like past Fresno. And um, when they grew up, it was like, they were the, the only kids who would like there were very few kids who started school on September 1st or whatever date was yeah. because all the kids were still working picking the grapes. Oh, okay. But my my grandparents on both sides would send my parents to school when school started. Yeah. But all the other kids had to work. Oh, and oh. so, you know, my mom was very much like, you know, and a lot of kids would not only start school late, but then they'd go to Mexico for the fiestas every Christmas oh, and yeah. they'd miss months of school. And my mom didn't want that for us. Yeah. yeah. You know, so she we never went to Mexico um and then i just i've never gone yeah. even as an adult just never had the time or the money
0: yeah it's um it's definitely different culture out there definitely like i was out there a few a few years ago for for a while and i w- i was just ch- it changed my views on everything i was like so humbled and and i've seen um a few uh, i've met a few comedians out there you know and it's completely different out there i was like whoa this is so funny because it's very different than out here. Like, the, um, I noticed a lot of uh, people out here, like, from, um they talk about, like, current events and things that are going on, which most of the stuff I know out there, I don't really know much of anything that's going on out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so intrigued. I was like, dang, like, it's crazy how big comedy is around the world. Anyone that's into it or, and everyone has their own story, you know, and that's very, I don't know, I'm just very intrigued by it. You know, I'm very intrigued by the whole comedy scene and, what you're doing with it, you know? Well, have
1: you ever watched... On Netflix, there there are some Spanish-speaking stand-up specials. Really? Yeah, I've watched them a few times. And what you know are what...
0: Some, like, what are your favorite, um, like, comedians that are out there in, in the industry?
1: Now that you're saying that... Okay, my favorite, like, famous comedian. Marcella Arguello from the 209. What's up, Marcella? I hope you're listening because I love you even though I don't know you. But she's from the 209. Oh, nice. She is currently writing for Bill Nye. She used to be on At Midnight all the time and yeah. kick its butt. And, um, God, she wrote for another show, and I can't think of the name of it. But she's, like, a big writer. And, like, she's, like, I totally look up to her because I'm going to brag for a second. Um, in 2017, I won the Mama Award, which is the Modesto Area Music Award.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And for comedy. And the very first Mama award went to Marcella. And she and so it's like first she was the first one, so she was like a Mexican woman. And now now I'm like, oh okay, the second woman who wins a, an award is also a Mexican woman. So I'm like, I yeah. hope I follow Marcella. Yeah. Um another comic that I really, really love is uh is um Felipe Esparza.
0: Oh Felipe Esparza. Oh my god. Is so I, he is funny. so funny. And
1: he just I don't know him or anything but he yeah. just seems so down to earth yeah. and normal like I've listened to his podcast before and um he just seems like such a normal person yeah. and I think those are my favorite people like even the comics that I deal with you know there are a lot of people who are funny um but I think I'm lucky enough that I I kind of have found a lot of people who are not only funny but really nice. Yeah, and you know, it just—it's really nice. I just—I see people all the time, and it's like, wow. You know, I I root for everybody because yeah. how can you not? These are awesome people. Yeah, and you know, even if they're from whatever other town, you know, I mean, I still have a special place extra in my heart for two hundred nine. Yeah, but for the rest of the world, I'm kind of like I'm still rooting for them. It's Like you're
0: a good person. Yeah. Like you're working. You're doing it. Yes, get yeah, it. Like I'm, I'm so big on supporting other people and. Especially with, especially people that are from the 219. Because I just feel like, yo, I feel like I know you, you know? And then, like, for example, Felipe Esparza. I feel like he's my cousin or something, you know? Exactly. Like, that- I feel like I know him. And um he's so funny. He's, like, one of the ones, one of the most, um, like, known comedians that make me laugh. No- nowadays, like, com- like, I love laughing at, like, like smaller comedians and, like, more, like, local ones. Because like, mm-hmm. I know it's, like, something like, new and something that I haven't heard of, you know? Yeah. And, um, but it's very intriguing when, um, whenever I hear of anyone in the 209 doing anything, I'm like, yes, you know, and, or, like, new podcasts. I'm, I know I'm, I have my own podcast, but I love supporting other podcasts because yeah. there's so, there's variety out there, and, like, there's enough room for everybody, you know what I mean?
1: And that's where I, I you know, when people think, well, you know, I can't be friends with that comic or whatever because that's the competition. It's like, yeah. no, that's not the competition. Yeah. I've never competed with another comic because I can't even if I wanted to. Yeah. You know, because if you start comedy, you're gonna tell your stories. You're gonna be you. You're gonna be right. your person. You know, I can't compete with that.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: you and and I can't be mad if you get booked and I don't because obviously your story moved something in that person.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, true. or something about you moved that person and did And I didn't do that. And that's fine, you know, I because there's still gobs of other rooms. I mean, there's so many places that you can perform and you yeah. just have to find your spots or whatever. But, I mean, so long as you're working and you're making yourself better, all that other stuff is going to come. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just happy that I'm doing something that makes me happy. Yeah. That I'm not, you know, and I can just be free and and I can do whatever I want. You know, I started out performing. I did not want to book shows. Really? I did not want to book shows at all. And my boyfriend uh, went in and he said, I'm going to go get a room to do my open, you know, to do my blues jam. Um, I'm going to ask them if we can do a comedy night too. And I was like, I don't know. And um, then we did it. I started doing it and I have totally just taken over, you know, Mm -hmm. because he was like, just book the book it and I'll take care of the rest. Yeah. And I've just taken over. I'm booking it. I'm promoting. I'm doing all kinds of stuff, you know. So it's just there's so much to do. You know, you think that you just have to do what feels right and also kind of just go with the flow too because sometimes you know the world is moving you to the path that's better for you and you you don't know it you know so don't be afraid to go off the path for a second and see what's over there and you know you can always come back but that's it's it's worth it
0: that's so true like you just don't it's it's okay to not know what the next move is going to be like yeah. just take one step at a time and then just keep on going you know it's yeah um that's that's so, I, and I try my best to let all my friends know that, like, work nine to fives. And I'm like, yo, if you love what you're doing, that's awesome. But if you have some crazy goals and dreams you want to do, you can do them. You know what I mean? Because exactly. there's, there's just so many, like, I know so many people that, um, and this is same thing, like, with, like, my family. Like, my dad is very, like, old school, like, hardworking. And he just focuses on work. And that's it. Because that's all he's ever known. Like, he was working yeah. since he was a kid, you know? And. Um, he was raised to just always work and you'll be fine, which is, you know, to a certain extent, right? But right. Um, he has he's had his own business for more than 20 years and has been successful for such a long time, you know? And, the, like, the other day, which is funny, because um, we were having dinner and my dad was like, oh, you know, so what, do you, what are you going to do this weekend? Or, you know, what are your plans? And I was like, I don't know, you know, so I'll do something for fun. And he's like, for fun? He's like, what do you mean for fun? Like, his idea of fun is spending time with us like with the family like like and I'm like dad are you sure because you know I'm kind of you know boring sometimes he's like no he's like this is this is what I, what I always wanted in life I always wanted to spend time with my kids and my wife and be able to spend time with all you guys without you guys arguing or anything you know and because we all have different personalities but that was what he wanted and I'm like dad are you sure you always wanted this he's like no yeah this is what I've always wanted to provide and to make sure my family's straight and. You know, uh, there was a, a bunch of stuff that he tried to teach me at a young age, was like investing and things like that. And at the time, I was like, "No, investing's boring," you know. And then now I get it, you know. So um, I'm very excited t- for the future and just for your, the future of your career. Like, I'm so excited to go to more of your shows, and um, I'm very excited to keep in touch. You already mentioned your Facebook, right? right? How often do you post? Do you post on there often? I post on my Facebook a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a
1: Facebook tramp. I'm I'm always out there putting it out there. That's funny. I'm a Facebook whore. So that's uh, where
0: people could be in contact with you, like, yeah. m- more currently. Like, you're not really on any social medias as of now.
1: I, I do have an Instagram. I get tagged on Instagram a lot. I don't do a lot of Instagram. Honestly, come on, dudes. Like, seriously, I'll be going through Facebook, and then I'll go check my Instagram, and I see the same damn pictures on Instagram that yeah. got put on Facebook. i like, yeah. why am I doing this twice? Yeah. And um, Facebook events... I'm a promoter, so yeah. So it's on there. Yeah,
0: yeah. The um, that's that's great. The one thing about Instagram, which I'm trying to learn to do more, is promote more on there because I know I usually post all the time on my episodes on there, and um, but I don't. I'm not as often. I'm not really on Facebook, which is one thing I need to do.
1: And see, I think it's a younger older thing. I'm older and I'm on Facebook. You're younger and you're not. And I yeah. think that's like a. It is a generational thing. Yeah,
0: it's um, but you know the the people are out there, the listeners are out there. So I'm excited that that you came on the podcast because it took a while for us to get here. You yeah, know I was I mean? like today, no tomorrow, wait next day. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I think that's one of the hard. Aside from um, titling the podcast, I think the hard one of the second hardest thing is a uh, scheduling because we're all so busy and it's what. But it always works on the end, and I'm so excited. This is like my first podcast episode since. I took a little hiatus, so I'm excited for people to listen to it. But um, did you have fun? Yes, I did. Thank really? you. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for you to come back again in the near future to know how far we are from where we're at now. Which I know you're going to oh, be yeah. far because I know you're going to be booked. You're already booked right now, so <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Um, so next time, so the so next so if we
1: start now, we can probably get something booked in three months. Right, <laughs> so I know. Right,
0: can... <laughs> I know. That's how long it took us last time. But all your upcoming shows are on your Facebook. They can yeah. all check you out. Um, and then do you have any little last words you want to tell the people? Um, let's see. Felicia on Comedy for Alicia
1: Presents. Uh, come out to a show. Don't be afraid to try comedy. Come out to my mic or hit me up and I'll send you to a different mic. Um, just go out and do it. Like like maria said just follow your dreams do do it i mean you you just because you try something doesn't mean you have to change your whole life over it just try it and see what happens you know um
0: and just do it just do it all right you guys she said it listen to her thank you guys (laughs) so much for tuning in to today's episode and stay tuned for the next one